but it, but it did, and really well. <laughs> That's good. Take your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. I like singing, period. Man, I like to hear young men, old men, little, little boys get up and sing. Because uh, it's, it's not, it's more natural for ladies to, to want to sing in public. Guys just don't really get into that. And uh, it, 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 listen, if they're singing like this at this age, I can't wait till they're teenagers. Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! All right, Jeremiah chapter 10. We started a message this morning, and I'm going to recap it just a little bit after we read the verse. It's, I can't tell you just how important it is for us as, as Christians, as saved people, to develop proper decision-making skills and for us to have, have borders and guidelines and, and uh, uh, principles that we follow uh, when, when we make decisions in the Christian life. I have, you know, uh, Past, Pastor Keck and I go way back, and, and uh, uh, he developed a phrase that uh, I, I can't ever shake out of my head. When he sees somebody, and, and this, this is a pet peeve, he didn't use, used to have the phrase years ago when I was there, but since I left, he developed it. He, he, see, he has a pet peeve when he sees somebody who just you know, does not use biblical thinking at all when they make a decision, and his, his phrase for that kind of person is, your decision maker's broken. And, and, and really, uh, that, that's, that's true. Now, it doesn't have to be. And that's the purpose of this message uh, tonight and this morning, is to show you that, look, you don't have to have a broken decision maker. You can have one that makes godly, right, proper decisions, and it does so because you follow biblical guidelines. So with that in mind, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, let's all stand together. I'm going to ask all of us to read the verse together, out loud, and hopefully in unison, because that would really sound a whole lot better, okay? Verse, verse uh, 23 of Jeremiah 10, let's read it together. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we, we pray that you would visit us tonight and visit us in power, visit us in wisdom. Uh, Lord, visit us in, in conviction. Uh, and and uh, Lord, work in, in our hearts. Help us to be able to see areas that are weak when it comes to making decisions so that we can strengthen those areas and so that we can make decisions that will honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, during, during this time of COVID, I have witnessed uh, just straight across the board uh, decisions that are made that are inconsistent, decisions that are made that are, that are unwise, decisions that are made that are unbiblical, and uh, Lord, when Christians make the right decisions, especially in a time like this, uh, how we stick out. And we stick out for good because we're doing it your way. So we ask God that you would speak to our hearts and work in this message. Give me the power, give me the wisdom, give me the understanding and the words to say that uh, could properly convey uh, what we find in scripture tonight and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you as you work in our hearts in jesus name we pray and all god's people said 
Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the, uh, we looked at, at, at uh, four uh, different, different things that uh, for decision-making in troublesome times. The first one we looked at was trust God and not your own understanding. And that comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. That means put God absolute first when it comes to making decisions. Uh, make sure that he is the first and most important one that you consider in, in the decision-making process. And then the, the second was walk in fellowship with God. Uh, just make sure that you're in lockstep with the Lord. If, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son cleanseth us from all sin. And it is so important that we're in fellowship with Him. The third thing was delight in the Lord. And that just means don't delight in anything more than you delight in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you, you need to, to have a desire in your decision making to want to please Him and honor Him first and foremost. And then fourthly, uh, no, no godly or wise decision will cause you to disobey the Word of God. And, you know, I have, I've sat down with folks and said, I know what the Bible says, but, boy, as, as soon as you think that, as soon as you hear someone else say that, as soon as you say that, you are wrong because you are contrary to the Word of God. Uh, we, we got this idea that, you know, my particular circumstance or my particular situation uh, negates the truths of God's Word. No, no, it doesn't at all. And in fact, it makes it even more important that when we do make those decisions, that we follow biblical guidelines. I had someone one time come into my office. They they had they had they had already done it. They weren't they weren't you know getting counsel or or trying to figure out what to do. They'd already done it, and and they started out by saying, "I know what you're going to say." And as soon as they say that, they're showing that they're defensive. They they're showing that they already know they made the wrong decision because they went contrary to the word of God. And God has given us His word so that we have parameters in which we can, we can have understanding and make decisions. And then, then the, the fifth one that I want to look at tonight is in Proverbs chapter 12. So go to Proverbs 12. And this one is uh, of such importance. I have seen the value of this in my own personal decision making over and over again. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, says, uh, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. In, a, in other words, for the most part, you usually look at your own decisions and say, Well, that's absolutely right because I, because I just don't make wrong decisions. Well, that's, that, you know, you are, you, you're, it's not possible for you to see all the angles. It's not possible for you to get uh, all of the information just yourself. And that's, that's why, why the next part of the verse is, is so important having to do with counsel. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Go to chapter 19. Just flip over a couple of pages. Chapter 19, look down at verse 20. It says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise 
in thy latter end. Now, counsel is mentioned uh, 13 times in the book of, of Proverbs. I don't know what you think of when you think of Proverbs. When I think of Proverbs, I think that's a book of wisdom. I mean, I realize the whole Bible is wise, but the book of Proverbs gives you practical wisdom for everyday decisions, and, and a counsel is used 13 times in Proverbs. Solomon's son, Rehoboam, uh, when when uh, uh, Solomon passed the torch to him and he became king, he, he went and got counsel, but he got counsel from two different groups. He went to the young men and got counsel, and then he went to the old men and got counsel. And he shunned the old men's counsel, those that were experienced and those that, that had, had lived in the kingdom for, a long, for their whole life, and uh, went and listened to the young man. When he did that, uh, he ended up splitting the kingdom uh, because, because he listened to the wrong people. So there's, there, are some, there are some guidelines uh, for us for when we get counsel. Let me give you just some basic guidelines. Number one, get counsel from wise people. Wise people. Uh, you know, I look at, at, at folks in our church who have been through different things in their lives. And uh, in fact, even, uh, even this morning, I, I, went up, I went up to four of our men. There's a decision that, that I have to make uh, for this church. And uh, I went up to four different guys and said, said listen, what, and, and I value their wisdom. And I, I said, uh, what do you think about this particular situation? Um, you say, yeah, but you're the pastor. Listen, uh, <laughs> in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom for everybody. Uh, and this, is, this has just been a very, very valuable lesson that I've learned when it comes to, comes to uh, uh, making decisions. You go, you go to wise people. Secondly, you go to godly people. Uh, and and I, I got some, some things from all four of those guys that, that, that uh, was a blessing and was a help. They're going to get back to me on some more, some more of it but, uh, as they think about it. But uh, uh, it's good to get counsel. You don't have all the answers. And all God's people said, <laughs> you know, you don't have all the wisdom. You don't have a, you don't have a, uh, a lock on all the wisdom of life, and I don't either. And so, therefore, we need to, to go to wise people. We need to go to godly people. Thirdly, we need to use counselors who know God's Word. And uh, they, they use the wisdom that they find in the Word of God. Many, there's many, many uh, saved people that use the world's thinking for things. Be careful of that, you know. And, and be careful of this thinking that says, well, there's, you know, there's wisdom that you use for, for uh, God's things, and then in the secular things, oh, no, 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 no. There's no secular, there's no sacred when it comes to God. And when it comes to life, uh, the truth of the matter is it's all sacred. And uh, so when you go to someone, make sure you go to someone who is sound in the Word of God. Then fourthly, Use doctrinally sound and like-minded counselors. And again, the reason why that is, is because doctrine determines behavior. You go to someone who is, is off on their doctrine, they're going to be off on their counsel. It's going to make a difference. And uh, doctrine not only determines behavior, but it also determines the thought process. Then uh, 
Uh, fifthly, use counselors who have good character and have made wise choices in their own lives. Obviously, uh, you know, you're not, you're not going to go to someone who has been divorced eight times and ask them what to do with your marriage, okay? Um, you know, there, there, are, there are people I know that I respect, uh, that I've respected over the years, that have had, have had some blips in their life, okay? And, uh, and you know, and I've, I've known uh, folks that, that have stumbled in some areas. That's not who I go to usually. Uh, for counsel ab uh, about things that are in that area. Uh, maybe in other things, yeah, that'd be great. But uh, in the area where they've stumbled, don't do that. Don't use people who have been unsuccessful making their own choices, whether it be uh, having to do with jobs or family or ministry, uh, whatever it might be. Y use people in your, in your, your realm of counseling your, your counseling board, I guess you could call it, uh, that, uh, that you go to that, that you can trust. Uh, sixthly, get counsel from, from godly folks in our church. There is, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying you never go outside of here, but because, because I have, and I've, I've gone, in fact, one of the things I'm going to do, this thing that I've talked to four of our guys about, there's two pastors in the area, that I have experience in the air, in the thing that I'm looking at, and uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna call them, and I'm gonna get some wisdom from them. But but uh, but start with people that are right here. Why? Because God's given us what we need here in the body. God's given us what we need here in the local church, and there's people that have been through stuff uh, that they've learned some lessons. Go see them. Uh, whether it be me, whether it be the deacons, whether it be Sunday school teachers, whether it be uh, people that have just had, you know, they've, they've, they've walked through the fire. Uh, and, or they, you know, it may not even be, a, it may not even be a, a bad situation. It was a good situation. And they just know how to make decisions uh, rightly in that particular area. Go, you know, go, go see those folks. Uh, you know, get, get folks that have, if, if it's a trial you're going through, go to someone who's had a similar trial and those that have made the right decisions. And number seven, uh, seek counsel from more than one person. Bible says multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. Otherwise, what you do, I know what the tendency is, you call somebody who agrees with you. You tell them the scenario. You've, you've already made the decision and uh, you call up to get affirmation. That isn't what counsel is, okay? Counsel is getting information, getting guidance that uh, you could not get on your own. And, and while you're doing this, pray and ask God to lead you and guide you and direct you as to who, who you get the counsel from. The, 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 and again, uh, one of the best places to find those counselors is right here uh, in our church. Uh, and don't, don't ever use counsel to take a vote. Um, years ago, when I was in Green Bay, I remember a lady calling me. And uh, she says, listen, I'm, I'm, she says, I've been calling around to, and it was someone I knew, and she, she used to be a member of our church. She left our church disgruntled, and now that she's going to somebody else's church, I know what happened. She went to her pastor, 
She asked him about something. She got an answer. She didn't like the answer. So now she's calling around to all these other preachers to see if, if she can take that arsenal, take it back and say, see, see what they said. That's exactly what she was doing. And I refused to give her, give her counsel. Uh, I said, no, I'm not going to do that for you. Uh, there, was a, there was a fella years ago came into my office, uh, was not a member of our church. He had gone uh, to his pastor and gotten counsel. And, and said, I'd, I'd like to get some counsel from you. I said, well, wait a minute. I don't, I, I don't make it a habit of counseling other people's, other pastors' people. I just don't do it. They're not part of my flock. Um, and uh, so, he, you know, he came to me and said, listen, I, I, really, I said, have you gone to your pastor? Well, yes. Yes, I have. And I could tell he didn't get the answer he wanted. And I said, well, have you done what your pastor has said? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to gather some information. I said, no, you're not getting it from me. You're not getting it from me. If you won't listen to your own pastor, if you can't listen to your own pastor, then, uh, then don't come knocking on my door. He got very upset and, uh, and walked out in a huff. Uh, but, but uh, uh, you know, seek it, seek it from more than one person. And last of all, eighthly, uh, seek counsel of folks that are near you. This is kind of uh, different, but take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, verses 9 and 10 imply this. It says, Proverbs 27, 9 says, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend. Forsake not, neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. So in other words, when you're going to get counsel, get folks that, that uh, are near to you, that are close to you personally. Uh, people often seek counsel from, from afar because those folks don't, aren't familiar with the situation. Uh, choose those that, that God has surrounded around you. There may be someone from, from afar that you have had a relationship with. They know you. You know, uh, Brother Larry Ingalls and I have gotten very, very close over the years. Brother uh, Randy King and I, it's funny. I was thinking about it here just the other day. When, when I was in Green Bay, I was there for 15 years. He and I were one hour apart. We hardly ever talked to each other. We hardly ever, ever uh, had contact. We, we did do some camps together and so forth. And when we did that, we did see each other. Now, I, I think we're, we're closer now than we've ever been before. And we're many, many miles apart. And depending upon where he is, it could be thousands of miles apart at any given time. But... Uh, uh, get people that you have, you know, you have established a relationship with and, and are close to your heart. And make sure you seek counsel as you walk in fellowship with God. Again, this does not circumvent the importance of being in tune with the Lord and uh, getting, getting some wisdom and getting some understanding first and foremost from God. But God will use others that are, that are in your life to give you wisdom. Then the, the, the sixth thing that we need to do when, when, uh, uh, when you're, you're trying to make a decision is, is uh, found over in Proverbs 29. So flip over there, if you would, Proverbs 29. And verse 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, 
but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Don't fear man. In other words, don't, uh, don't be first and foremost concerned about what others think. You need to do what's right. You need to love God more than you love others. And that's why Jesus said over in Matthew 10, he said uh, that the, the, all the commandments can be rolled into two. Number one, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. Don't ever switch that order. You always love God first. You're always more concerned about what God thinks first. And uh, fear of displeasing God always ought to circumvent any fear of displeasing others. There are times when you're going to please God with a decision, but people aren't going to like the decision. People aren't going to agree with your decision. Well, you need to find out first and foremost, does God agree with your decision? And is it something that God wants you to do? And don't let the fear of man uh, push you one way or the other. Uh, make sure that, that uh, what you're doing is pleasing God. And, uh, you know, many, many unbelievers allow the fear of man to keep them from heaven. I can't tell you how many times uh, I have come across folks and trying to witness to them and, and uh, give them the gospel. They're concerned about what their wife would think, what their, their, their uh, uh, husband will think, what their kids will think, what the people at work will think. Uh, the fear of man is a dangerous, dangerous thing. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it always ought to be that top fear in our life. And that fear of, of God will overcome that fear of man. And, and, and one of the places that it shows itself, and we often talk about this with teenagers, but I, honestly, I see it. I see it as much in the lives of adults as I see it in the lives of, of kids, is don't let peer pressure make your decisions. And that's really just a form of the fear of man, where, where, where we, we, because of what someone else might think, you know, we don't want to go down that road or we don't want to make that decision. So don't fear man. Number seven, number seven, honor authorities. Honor authority. Make sure that in your life, you are honoring and obeying the authorities that God has put into your life. I want to just look at several, in fact, quite a few verses that have to do with authority. And I'll do so without comment, because I think the scripture is, is powerful in this, on this subject. Uh, Romans chapter 13. Romans 13. Every time I, I hear the chapter Romans 13, I immediately think of authority, because it is a, a chapter that deals with authority. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. That means the, the people that are in your life, that do have the authority in your life, uh, they have it because God gave it to them. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians 5, look in verse uh, 22. Ephesians 5, 22, speaking to a specific group of people, to wives. He says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands 
as unto the Lord. Drop down to verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, speaking to the husbands, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Uh, what that is is just simply honoring your husband as an authority in your life. Uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Of the Ten Commandments, there's only one that's got a promise attached to it. And that's, that's the, the one about honoring your father and mother. It is, it is important to do that. Uh, Titus chapter 3. Right after the book of Timothy. Titus. Titus chapter 3 and Titus 3 verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Uh, bottom line is, if you have an authority over you, pay attention to them, honor them, respect them, and do what they tell you to do. Hebrews chapter 13. And Hebrews 13, verses 7 and 17. Verse 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. So the context, I believe, in that, in that uh, verse and in the next one is, is the local church. It says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Then down to verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must uh, give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And then the last one, look with me over in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Peter 2, 13. So, so submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors or unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing he may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Uh, drop down to verse, uh, verse 18. It says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, in other ones, the ones that are nice, the ones that are kind, the ones that, that uh, make good decisions, but also to the froward. Why? Because they're your authority. They're your authority. And unwise decisions are made when we fail to honor and obey the authorities that God has put over our lives. Now, I realize there are times when human authorities will ask you to do something that is contrary to Scripture. Uh, during COVID, uh, I, I've, I've, had to, I've really had to do some soul searching on this thing. And uh, there have been some, there have been, there have been a lot I'll just I'll say it. There have been a lot of decisions that our governor has made in the state of New York that I think are, are, are inconsistent, are a mess. Um, and I don't say that disrespectfully. He's still the governor. 
If he, was, if he was here, I would honor him as our governor because of his position. But uh, there's, there's, you know, things, you know, we live in America. We can disagree with things like that, and I disagree with them. However, where they don't violate the word of God, I am under obligation to do them, period. I may not like it. I may not agree with it. Oh, well, okay. I mean, you might not like the 25-mile-an-hour speed limit that's in front of your house, but if you try to go 40 miles an hour and there's a policeman nearby, you're probably going to get stopped, and rightfully so, okay? Now, there are times when those things cross purposes with the Word of God. Um, our governor has, you know, he could, he could very possibly say, look, uh, you're, uh, you cannot have church anymore. And uh, we just want to shut down the churches for six to eight more weeks or whatever. Um, I'm going to make that decision not based upon what the governor says, but I'm going to make that decision based upon the safety of our church. When we had, uh, when we had four outbreaks of COVID, I mean, it just happened like, you know, all of a sudden four, four or five people got COVID all at the same time. Um, I looked at that thing and I got, got some counsel uh, from some of our guys and I says, you know, we need to, we probably need to shut down. I didn't do that because the health department told me to do that. I didn't do that because the governor told me to do that. I did that because I believed that it was a th something that it was necessary to do to protect the safety of our folks. Now, that may or may not be the, the decision I make the next time that happens. It'll all depend upon the circumstances and the situation. But I, I didn't know back then. You know, there's been a lot of, lot of question marks during this thing. However, uh, uh, it's not the governor's choice as to whether or not we have church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. What do they do? Let me ask you, what do they do over in, over in communist China when the Chinese are told by their government, you can't meet together as Christians. You know what they do? They meet in secret. <laughs> they do. Why? Because they know the commandment says to meet. And so when the government and the, uh, and the Word of God cross purposes, you still honor them. You still respect them. There's no, there, listen, there is absolutely no excuse for having for having an attitude, and yes, I've had to confess an attitude many times <laughs> over the last nine months. Yes, I have. I'll admit it. Uh, but but uh, uh, when when there's a decision to be made, we need to we need to the best of our ability honor and obey uh, those that that are in authority uh, out in California. They they have told them out there, uh, you can't sing. In, in, uh, in church services, whoa, stop. That's the government telling the church how to worship. That is unacceptable. God tells me how to worship, not the government, okay? And, and I'm not saying that with this kind of an attitude. I'm just saying, you know, I've already made that decision. If that, if that mandate comes down, it's not going to be followed around here. In fact, we'll probably, I'll probably encourage you to sing a little louder, okay? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. And, and you find that in Scripture. Uh, you know, Peter and the apostles were told not to, uh, not to go on out and mention the name of Jesus. And he said, listen, it's better for us to obey God 
than to obey man. And when God and man conflict in those things, then it's always God I listen to and, and not man. So, uh, you know, that's, that's just pretty much the, 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 the guideline that you use. Young people, uh, I've watched this over the years. I've watched uh, young people dishonor their parents uh, by making unwise decisions, uh, unwise marriages, uh, bad friendships, go to the wrong school when they get out of high school, uh, g uh, decide to go to a different church, uh, uh, unwise uh, timing for moving out of the house if they're not yet married. Uh, one of the things I, I you know, won't, usually won't do, uh, I don't know that I would say it would be straight across the board, but overall, if uh, two people come to me and say, listen, uh, we want to get married, and they're you know, members of our church, and basically I'm, I'm married church members, not outside folks, and uh, they come to me and say, I want to get married, and I say, well, what do your parents think? Oh, they think that's a terrible idea. Guess what? Ain't going to happen here. Uh, I'm going to send, send those two back to their parents and uh, have them make appeals, have them do it properly, and, and, and who knows? You know, I've seen cases where... Uh, where parents have changed their minds, and not just because of pressure, and not just because of whining and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, but because it was just the wise thing to do. Um, I, I have watched uh, wives disobey and dishonor their husbands uh, in their decision-making, go over the top of their husbands to make a decision. Not, not a wise thing to do. Um, if you're angry and if you're bitter, at your authority, you will not make good decisions. So be careful of that. Where, where God has placed authority in your life, make sure your attitude toward that authority is the right attitude, because if you don't, it's going to greatly influence the decisions that you make. Uh, and, and then give your authorities the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, most disagreements with authorities have uh, have, no, have no scriptural grounds. It's based on feelings and it's based on opinions. So, and you know what I found is a, is a wonderful solution for, for problems in this area. It's called communication. Sit down and talk it out and, uh, and find out why the authority is coming at the situation with the attitude that they are. You know, uh, you know you've, you've, you've seen this with, with children. You know, you tell a child, well, no, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. And uh, they say, well, I, you know, you, you just don't like me. You're just trying to make my life miserable. No, no, what it is is they've been places that you haven't been yet. They've seen things you haven't seen yet. They've experienced, they've got their hands burnt on the stove of life, okay? And uh, they're coming back to you with some wisdom and saying, look, this is not, not a good idea. Um, you know, ask the question, uh, and this is a good question to ask, do I have clear scripture showing me that my leader is wrong and my thinking on this matter is right? Uh, and, and, you know, again, uh, usually that's, that's not the case. The other thing we need to be mindful of, we're not going to look at, at Scripture on it, but if you are in authority, be mindful of those that you are responsible to when you're making decisions. Because the decisions that we make 
affect those that are under us. If you, if you are a father uh, when you, and you make a decision, fathers and mothers together make decisions, which I recommend. Uh, if, if I'm getting ready to make a decision and, and uh, you know, I, I want to go east and my wife wants to go west, I said, whoa, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> There's something wrong here. One of us is wrong. It's probably her, but one of us is wrong. No, no, I look at that really seriously. I really do. And say, whoa, I'm, maybe I missed something here. And, uh, and we sit down and, and work out, why is that so important? Well, because she's going to be affected by it. Kids are going to be affected by it. Um, you know, uh, when, it, when it comes to if God's put you in a, in a place of authority in this church and, and you make a decision, and I'm not, I, you know, I, I hope you figured this out by now, I'm not a micromanaging pastor. I'm just not. Now, when I see something that I don't like, that I think is, is wrong, I'll step in. But pretty much, if I give you, if I trust you in an area, I figure, well, you're going to do right in that area. And I, I'm not going to sit there and say, you have to do it just like this and that. Um, you know, I've, I've let those guys in the sound booth, they've just gone hog wild this year, and I'm glad they have because we, you know, when we've had to shut down and we've chosen to do so, uh, you know, we've, we've had the, the, the internet, we've been able to, to uh, uh, watch the services in the homes and so forth. I'm not gonna tell them how to do that stuff. I'm not gonna tell them what kind of, what kind of uh, uh, microphones to buy and what kind of camera to get and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's not my area of expertise. But uh, when you are in a position of authority, understand that your decisions affect other people. Keep that in mind when you make your decisions. Then the, 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 eighth, the eighth guideline in decision making, look to the future. Look to the future. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, I want you to look with me down in verses uh, 24 through 27. This is speaking about the life of Moses. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Uh, Moses looked at eternal consequences, and he looked at future consequences for the nation of Israel, not just immediate satisfaction. Immediate satisfaction would have, would have told him, stay where you are. You know, you're brought up in the palace. Uh, you're treated like a son of Pharaoh. Uh, you're doing fine. But, but he didn't. He looked at the people of God, and he, he made a choice. He decided to step over the line and decide with them. Don't, you know, whenever you're making a decision, don't sacrifice the future on the altar of the immediate. immediate. I believe it was Bob Jones Sr. that coined that phrase or something like that. Basically, uh, don't do what's convenient now if it's going to cause repercussions later on down the road. And, and, and understand that in, with all decisions, there are future and 
sometimes eternal consequences uh, having to do with what, what person you marry and what job you take. Uh, moving your family from point A to point B, leaving your church. Uh, and, and I've watched people make these decisions. I've, I've watched them do it right, and I've watched them do it wrong. And I've watched, I've watched some that have, have done things, and it, it looks right, but God wasn't in it. Boy, you don't want to be there. You just you don't want to be in that situation. You want to make sure that you're making a godly decision. Uh, pursuing an education. Uh, careless about, about what you do in your personal life. Just carelessness. Making little decisions throughout the day. Uh, uh, going to a particular place or going to a party. Uh, decisions like developing a friendship or listening to this music versus that music. All this stuff has repercussions. Uh, making, making purchases, uh, letting a person uh, come into your life and capture your heart, uh, dropping a standard. Uh, uh, one of the things I'm noticing as, as I get older, I'm watching other preachers and other people that have been saved. Some of them longer than I have. And all of a sudden, the things, some of the things, standards that they held for years get dropped. Uh, I've, I've watched this particularly in families where, where, the, where the children start leading the parents rather than the parents standing firm on where they stand for the Lord. Uh, be, be, be so careful of that. And, and the bottom line is, uh, someday we will give account to God for every decision that we make. Uh, uh, Book of Romans chapter 14 says, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Then, then the ninth thing is don't make decisions when you're tired or discouraged. And we won't go there because we, we studied this last week, but uh, Elijah just fought 450 prophets of Baal. He, um, he uh, 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 slew them. He uh, uh, ran to, uh, uh, back to the city, and when, when, he, when he did that, he, he, was, he was delivered a note, and uh, it, was, it was Jezebel telling him that uh, she was going to commission for him to be killed within the next day. And, and the guy was, was physically beat, physically tired. And uh, that's when he just, he, he took things into his own hands and he got scared and he just took off. And the, the, Lord, the Lord met him there at where he went. He didn't get permission from God to go there at all. And he said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Uh, and, and it was right after he told God, you might as well just take my life. Uh, be careful about making decisions when you're, you're, you know, major decisions, particularly when you're just really stressed out, when you're tired, get some rest, step back from the situation. Uh, don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. Uh, when the pressure comes on heavy, it's, it's easy to just make a quick decision and jump into something that God never intended you to jump into. And then, then the last thing, take your, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 27. Psalm 
Psalm 27, down in verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There's uh, another verse that says, Be still and know that I am God. I believe that's all part of the waiting process. Uh, haste makes bad decisions. Uh, if, if you don't have clarity on the thing, you know, one of the, one of the principles that I've used over the years for making decisions is the Bible says, what, in, in uh, Romans 14, says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If after going through all these other things, you still have some doubt in your mind, it's probably not the thing that God would have you to do. And, and uh, uh, you know, be careful of giving in to pressure. Uh, you've, you've, all, you've all heard it in different forms and fashions. Uh, one, the, the, the classic is, is uh, if, if you don't buy this today, by four o'clock this afternoon, the deal is null and void. Oh, well, I guess the deal is null and void. <laughs> I'll tell you that three hours early. Uh, you know, uh, don't give in to that kind of pressure. And I realize there are times when the pressure is there because there is a time limit. Well, uh, first of all, make sure that you have made preparations beforehand to the best of your ability and that you've covered as much as you can. But, but just be careful of, of, uh, of not just waiting on God. And I've seen this happen. I've watched over and over again. You folks could give testimonies to, to, the, to the, the, the same effect. Um, oftentimes, God waits to the very last minute. And, 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 and that's not so he can just see how much we take. It's so he can see if we trust him or not. And if we trust him, we'll wait. And if we don't, we'll jump ahead of him. And believe me, I've jumped ahead of him. Um, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and James 3. 1 Corinthians 14. And James chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 14. Look down verse 33. And this is a, this is a chapter, that the context of it is speaking in tongues and order in the service and so forth. But, but verse 33 is a general principle when it comes to God. And this is, verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches uh, uh, of the saints. And uh, we're supposed to do things decently. We're supposed to do things in order. And, and God doesn't author confusion. Uh, go with me to James 3. Look in verse 17. It talks about two kinds of wisdom, and this is really uh, the choice we, we, we usually have. We have a choice between worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, 
And it says in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. There'll be no, no sin, there'll be no, no questionable thing uh, in it. First pure, then peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits with, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Um, there'll be abiding peace. There'll be, uh, there'll be purity in your life that uh, will then produce that peace. Most, most decisions that we make that are wrong decisions are, are made too soon rather than too late. When we jump ahead of God, and uh, one of the things you don't want to do is you don't want to jump ahead of the Lord in an area uh, before God gives you the, the, the clear go-ahead. And again, these are these these ten ten guidelines, these ten things that, that I've given to you. Uh, they're they're things that we can use in order to make decisions. We we every day we make decisions. We make little ones and we make big ones. And what we ought to what ought to be our heart is that whether it be a big decision or a little decision, number one, I want to honor God with the thing. And I want God to be honored. I want God to be pleased with it. And if God is honored and God is pleased and we've gone through the proper channels, then the, the Lord will be lifted up in our decision-making process. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we are living in a time right now where things can be topsy-turvy and the rules can change every day. And uh, we are... Uh, experiencing things we're not used to. And I know this Christmas is going to be different for most people than other Christmases have been in the past. And I know Thanksgiving was different for some folks than some have been in the past. And there have been things where we've had limitations and so on. And so our decision-making process has really been put to the test. Lord, uh, Sometimes we've made the right ones and pleased you, and sometimes we've not. Help us to surrender to you. Help us in that, you know, particularly, I'm thinking tonight, of that area of authority. Uh, Lord, if we've got an, an attitude toward our authority, whether, whether it be authority in government, authority on the job, authority in the home, authority in the church, whatever it might be, uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to affect uh, our, our wisdom, and it's going to affect it adversely. If we get a, ahead of you and make a decision before the, the timing is right, uh, that's going to, it's going to affect the decision. So God, our, our desire, and I trust that this is the case, that our desire is that our decisions are made in such a way that you'll be pleased and you'll be honored and you'll be glorified. Lord, work in our hearts tonight. There may be an area of surrender that needs to be made tonight so that the decisions that we make will be the right ones and be done the right way. Work in our hearts, and as you do so, may we respond to you in the right manner. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.